everyone is a star child made of stardust and the infinite potential of the universe. This extraordinary fearless something in each of us clamors for freedom from the bonds of fear, conformity, and an ordinary life. Welcome to Dr. Durr's Living in the Sweet Spot, where practical tools and solutions from the intersection of mind-body medicine, science, and spiritual well-being awaken and empower you to live out your infinite potential, to live life in the sweet spot. While there are many marriages here in the U.S., there are also a lot of divorces. As a matter of fact, there were almost 700,000 divorces in the year 2021, according to the CDC. And divorce is hard on everyone. It's hard on the parents. It's hard on the on the kids. And it can just be hard on the rest of the family because there's so many hopes and dreams in, in invested in that and, and the possibilities. So the question becomes, you know, how do we get through divorce so that people are in as whole as possible? You know, how do we get through divorce and do it in such a way so that divorce doesn't have to suck? So joining me for that conversation today is my guest, Sharice N. Carter, aka the Divorce Coach. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you know what? I'm 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 so glad that, that you're here. And um, you know, we were recently introduced to each other um by another friend of mine and, and guest, Dr. Lamar Darnell Shields. And I was like, this is a great conversation to, to, to have. Um, and I had mentioned to you, actually, um, during my first season, I actually did an episode where I, uh, that was actually, I titled it, The Men, Women, Differences That Make Us So Bad in Marriages, mm -hmm. right? Because, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because I was, I was surprised that it's, it's, um, it, depending upon the study, 70 to 80% of women are initiating um, are initiating yes. the divorces. Yes. Um, that is so true. Yeah. And it's like 50%, over 50% of first marriages, the end in divorce, second marriages is like somewhere 60, 63%, something like that. Maybe 67% of second marriages are ending divorce. And then third marriages is like 73%. So by the, if you get married the third time, you 73% of those third marriages are like, likely to end up in divorce. Wow. So given the high uh, numbers of divorces, you know, in the U S and again, that's according to the CDC mm -hmm. uh, as of 2021, um, we, we need to have some conversations about how we do this, um, you know, in a, in a way that, that, you know, it's just, as I like to say, where we don't have just wreckage strewn all across the road in terms of the, the, the parents right. and the kids. Right. But I, I think that we should be having these conversations because, first of all, um, I found that 
well, most of my clients, there was a lack of communication. So when there's a lack of communication, you can't really understand what your needs are and what the other person needs are. Um, and then we're, we can also talk about the, the lack of dedication because sometimes people aren't dedicated enough to stay in a marriage. They may have one or two issues and feel like, oh, this isn't for me and I'm ready to break. So, you know, we should understand that marriage is a long-term commitment. It's something that you have to work for. It's something that we need to be dedicated to. And it's something that we need to hold true to our hearts. We just can't just throw in the towel because of something so simple that happened and we can't talk about. So that's why we should have better communications with our partners so we can have a, a good communication line to get through those those obstacles that, that may occur in the marriage. Absolutely, absolutely. So for, 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 for those folks who may not, um, you know, have had the, the benefits of, of your sage wisdom and experience. Mm -hmm. um, Sharice N. Carter, AKA the divorce coach yes. is, is the founder and CEO of coaching the masses Inc. And you are a uh, certified divorce coach, yes. uh, a life coach and author of her new book yes. called love notes, affirmations, essays, inspirational notes, poems, and quotes inspired for healing, which is actually set to be released March 10th yes. of this year. So in, you know, in just a, a few weeks, yes. right? Very so, yeah. Yeah. And congratulations, congratulations on that. So then as a divorce coach, Cherise helps her clients find clarity, healing, and a renewed sense of self as they navigate the challenging process of divorce, then embrace their new chapter with confidence and resilience. That is correct. We, so, help, we help our clients find their new beginning because sometimes there are so many barriers that's in front of them. Um, just like, you know, the saying, I can't see the forest for the trees. Well, let's think about this. The trees are your obstacles. And what you need to do is get an ax, cut down all those trees so you can finally get through the forest. And so that's what coaching and masses does. We help our clients realize what those obstacles are and what those barriers are so they can move forward after their divorce. Or if they have any other situations that's, that's holding them back, we help them find out what the resolution is so they can work work towards their their goal. So you at the so you mentioned at the beginning about the importance of communication right. and commitment. Yes. Um, as um, significant factors of why people end up divorced, and um, so one of the things that uh, before we 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 um, really talk about that because I I, I think those are really fundamental and foundational to any relationship yes. um, um, and, and especially, especially a marriage, but to any relationship, you know, I, I, I know part of your wisdom and knowledge and experience was, it was actually through some hard earned experience. Yes, that is correct. I was um, divorced in 2008. Um, and when I was, finding myself in a situation where um, I needed to get a divorce. It was very hard because I had two small children at the time. Uh, when I 
about, it was 2006. So my, my daughter was five and my son was three. Um, my ex-husband, he was the breadwinner. He was the breadwinner. And my main focus was really being first a good wife and then second, you know, being a good mother. And then thirdly, my career. So I really didn't focus on my career. So once I found myself getting, to, getting a divorce, I needed to hit the ground running to really get my financial uh, ground together because I was dependent on my ex-husband for, for those things because he was a breadwinner. So I really needed to focus on, you know, how can I take care of my children? What do I need to do? Having many conversations with family and friends, I knew, I said, okay, I really need to do this because I'm not the type of person who's dependent on people. I like to have my own. And I wanted my children to live the life that they live when we were married. So it was a lot of things that I, I needed to do. And I knew that taking hold of my career was one of those things in order for my children to live the life that they were accustomed to. So what, what kind of work were you doing um, during, what, during the marriage? I worked at a financial institution where I was, uh, I worked in the um, anti-money laundering group. So I was a compliance officer at, at a bank. Okay. And, um, during the divorce, I was laid off. So mm -hmm. I didn't work for, I think I want to say maybe nine months to a year. So mm -hmm. um, I found a job working at Macy's part-time just to kind of keep myself busy until I can find another, another job. So it was, it was really hard. Uh, I moved from, you know, a five bedroom home with my ex-husband to living in a one bedroom uh, basement apartment in my mom's house. So that was a big wow. adjustment, a big wow. adjustment for me and my kids. Wow. And as you know, as, as little kids, they're wondering like, why can't I go home? Why can't I go to my playroom and play? Where is daddy? So it was very hard for me to explain to, to them that this is our new norm for right now. Mm -hmm. So I always had in the back of my mind, I want them to have the things that they were accustomed to. So my kids was really my driving force to move forward as, you know, with a lot of women, because kids, most of the times they are in, um, in custody with their mothers. Mm -hmm. So just have to really grab all the straws and, you know, do what you have to do in order to have a meaningful, successful life after a divorce. You really need to take ownership of what you need to do in order to succeed, especially when you have children. Yeah. And of course, the other thing that you've already pointed out is the fact that um, oftentimes it's, it's, it's um, when a family divorces, mm -hmm. the the because the dad tends to be the the biggest breadwinner, then right. the the mom and the kids can end up falling into poverty. Yes, because of the divorce. Correct. Um, which but thank course, God I had my my mom and my dad. They really you know stepped up to the plate and helped me out because there were some financial difficulties at mm -hmm. first. Um, because my ex husband at the time he didn't want to help, and that's because he was going through his own hurt. His, 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 his emotions was really, you know, tied to, you know, now what, what can I do? And it was because of hurt. It was because of hurt that I left. 
So a lot of men and women, when they go through a divorce, they really act out of hurt. And a lot of times when you're acting out of hurt, you end up hurting people. You do mm-hmm. things that, you know, you possibly wouldn't do before. So there was a lot of hurt there. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, I wasn't provided the things that I needed for our kids at that at that time. So it was it was difficult. But I had my my parents to really step up and step in and help out. So, so yeah, so one of the things that, that for me is two things I try to get folks to, to recognize is one, when you're talking about, you know, relationship or marriage, really the person you're picking is a, a mirror image of you. Right. And people, some people go, huh? And so <laughs> I'm going, yeah, I said, so I said, I said, they, because they're a reflection of your values and standards. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also a reflection of some things that are going on with you, usually self-consciously or subconsciously, excuse me, subconsciously that you, people don't necessarily recognize that, again, as you've already pointed out, their own childhood wounds, that they're trying to get worked out um, in the marriage, but are unaware that that's what they're doing. And so that's another reason why um, it doesn't work well to do that, because if you're unaware of the issue is really me and my wounds, then you make it about your 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 spouse, mm-hmm. and it's really not about your spouse except you except you picked them. Or as I like to say, you know, you the movie director, your own right. movie director, and right. when they when they show up, they audition for the role, and you have the option to say, you got the role, or thank you for coming. We'll be in touch. Right. <laughs> so, but with, with with me and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, people, when you get mm-hmm. married at a young age. Like I was married at 27 years old. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. I was married at 26 years old. We had our first child at 20 when I was 27 years old. So at 26, I was really young. I just was in love. Like, okay, I love you. Yes. Let's get married. Let's do this. Let's have kids. But you're not really thinking through the process. So I have a 22 year old daughter now. So, so, so hold on before you go before you go into that. I'm just going to ask you. So when you say they're not thinking through the process, what do you mean by that? You're not looking at the whole picture. You're not looking at how that person was raised. You're not looking at uh, what your true values are, what you need going forward, like 20, 30 years. You're only looking at the now and you really need to look further into the future. Um, can I see myself with this person in 30 years and he or she acts like this 30 or 40 years later? Would I be able to you know, withstand that? So it's a lot of things that you need to consider before you get a before you get married. You really need to think about those things. You need to think about, you know, what are your financial um ideals when it comes to saving? You know, what 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 do you what do you believe in? Do you believe in God? So spirituality, a lot of that should come in play. And I never thought about that when I got married. I just knew I was in love. I love this man. I want to have his kids. And I thought we were going to live forever together. So I didn't think things through like I should have because I didn't know. I was didn't date as many guys. I just really didn't know. I was clueless. You know, so here's the thing. I, I don't think it's a matter of how many guys you date. I what I what I've discovered is is the average person doesn't know how to vet a partner. They don't know how to do the very things that you just talked about doing. And right. so so you don't if I don't know myself, 
Um, I don't know what's a good fit for me. I don't know what works. I don't know what things to then assess or evaluate. Um, then, like I said, th then you're learning through experience. So, you know, one, I, there was, um, um, like I said, you know, probably 30 something, 30 years or so ago, there was someone I was involved with and I was asking God for a sign and I didn't hear anything. Then, you know, a couple weeks goes by and I'm like, okay, God, you know me, I needed big, bold neon letters. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, wait, 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 wait. I'm sitting there and God goes, what are you doing? I was like, huh? Right. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? You don't want the same things. You ain't going to the same place. What right. are you doing? Um, and so shortly after that, I left. But the problem was I didn't recognize that that's, that was a standard I should apply to each relationship going forward. Right. And then you advance to like 2014. And um, I, I was working at a location. I was only at twice a month. This I go into the break room to go to the bathroom and find there's this Victorian magazine is like calling to me. I'm like, what is this all about? So I take the magazine, I'm looking at it and I come across flipping through and I come across this quote um, by his name is Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. And he says, life has taught us that love does not consist of looking at each other. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me. Life has taught us that Love does not consist of gazing at each other, but of looking together in the same direction. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I like right, that. right. Yes, yes. And so, and then I was thinking about that and, and, you know, that big aha. And then I put it together with what God had said to me. And I was seeing it's, a, it's, a, it's the same thing just being said differently. So, right. so, the, so the issue is that, um, as you've already, already stated, the issue is do we want the same thing and we go in the same place to keep it simple? Because if we don't, then we, we can't get there together. And, right. um, but that means I got to be doing a lot of self-reflection and, 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 and have self-awareness and understanding. So actually one of the books I recommend for people it has like over 250 questions mm -hmm. is actually written by Dr. Robin Smith. It's called lies at the altar. And seriously, there's like over 250 questions in there on different areas of relationship and marriage. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's child rearing, money, you know, just whatever, just all those different areas that you can do for yourself. And ideally, obviously, if you have a partner or if you're engaged or if you're already married, you can still do it. But the idea is to go through those questions and so that you can see, um, you know, if, how like minded you are. And, and, and again, then be able to really partner with each other. So mm -hmm. there's that there's that aspect that you already mentioned. But then the other part of it, too, is um, when it gets to that place where um, and, and, and I want to make sure that we talk about because I think, again, what you said is really key and fundamental about commitment, communication and commitment. And, you know, what were your examples of that in terms of what were your examples growing up of marriage and communication, you know, and commitment and people lacking the language to right. express what they're thinking and feeling. Um, and if you can't do it for yourself, then you can't do it. You know, you can't do it with a partner. So right. then 
the marriage breaks, if the, then the, once the marriage breaks down, what I, I discovered because, um, you know, cause I, divor I divorced back in 2009 after 10 years, what I discovered was actually the grief was around the fantasy of the marriage. Right. Because if the marriage had been all of that, there wouldn't be a divorce. So it wasn't really the grieving of the, the marriage as much as it was the grieving of the fantasy of the marriage. Mm, that's good. But a lot of times when you go through it, not a lot of times, all the time, um, you do grieve. You do grieve the marriage. You grieve not being in that person's life anymore. Like for me, I started grieving a couple of years after I was divorced because I was dealing with other things in, in my life. I had like two two grandparents that died within months of each other. And then I had a family member who was going through something where they tried to kill themselves twice. So I was going, dealing with that and dealing with, you know, helping my kids get through um, our, my divorce with their, with their dad. Right. So it took me some years to kind of grieve it. And then when I sat down and I really thought about, it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm divorced. I started to really think about how, I no longer was talking to my ex-husband because mm -hmm. this person, I wake up with this person every day. I talk to this person every day, whether we were getting along or not. I still saw this person, right? This person, how long were you all married? We were married um, eight years. Okay. We were married for eight years. So it was very hard. And you know, when you, when things happen in your life, when things, good things occur, when you're married, who do you go to? You first go to your, your spouse and say, hey, this is what happened to me. I got a raise today or whatever the good thing is. And so I no longer have that. So I started. Well, so-and-so was twanging my last nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they do today. Right. So if you do, you grieve it. And it took, it took me some time. Yeah. But I finally realized I, I had to accept this was my new norm. Yeah. Sharice, no longer no one's wife. I am single with two kids. I'm a single mom with two kids. So, so, you, so that brings up you, you. So you brought up another issue that whole that whole issue of identity, mm -hmm. and then also the losses that occur when the marriage breaks down in terms of other friendships and other relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had a good relationship with your in-laws, yes. you know, how, how that's altered and changed. And then, um, you know, obviously there is, um, you know, the losses that, the, the losses that, uh, that occur, you know, for the kids mm -hmm. as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, even with my, with my ex-husband's family, we still talk. So, um, as my kids were getting older, when I would have birthday parties for them or graduations for them, I always included my ex's family because those are my kids' family. And I, I want them to still be connected with them because that's their, that's their family. So I've always included um, them when my kids were celebrating something. And I think that's what, that's what you should do. Um, if you have children, you should include your your ex-spouse's family for celebrations um because that's your that's part of your kids you know families and i know some people who don't include 
their um, ex-spouse's family members when it comes time for their kids to have celebrations. They're like, oh, my ex-husband, he can throw them a party. Well, I wasn't like that because I always, I wanted my kids to feel normal. I didn't want them to say, well, okay, daddy giving us a party this weekend and mommy giving me a party. I didn't want that. I want them to still feel like, okay, this is normal. This is normal mm -hmm. for me to still be with my dad's family and my mom's family and my celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, fortunately for me, I had the, um, the example of, of, of what I, I call my mother, the goddess mother. Mm -hmm. Um, so she, she also, also has a nickname peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Because peaches didn't play, uh, but uh, but uh, she uh, but she is very much a person who is very inclusive, mm -hmm. and um, because of her her example of the uh, of that, it's very much about um, maintaining connections, right. right? And so when it came to, um, you know, when it came to in the process of, of me divorcing, I said to my um, ex, I said, it's, you know, then husband, I said to him, you know, cause things were getting, a, you know, like he said, it was a little contentious. Uh, right. it, it, was never, it was never bad. But, you know, but what I said to him to kind of get us on the same page was, I said, you know what, I said, when we divorce or not, even when we're divorced, we're still going to be family and we're still going to have to learn how to raise this baby together. Right. So, you know, we, we, we need to figure, we need to work this out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that had every, again, everything to do with my, my mother's example and and because of and because of that, um, uh, my well my 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 daughter is from a previous relationship, and then my son from my from my uh, one and only marriage. That I have had both of them, both of their dads, mm -hmm. sitting at my holiday table, mm -hmm. and they get along they get along well. And as a matter of fact. You know, there's a there's like almost an 18 year difference between my two kids. And so um, my son calls my daughter's father. She calls him uncle. <laughs> so, you know, that has that very that has very much to do with 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 my, as I said, with the goddess mother's example of, you know, maintaining connections and family. Um despite the fact that the, the, you know, the, the, the marriage is no longer right in existence. And that's, that's important because kids need to feel, they need to feel comfortable. They need to feel um, loved. They also need to feel respected. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we exclude that part of, of them, because basically when you think about it, that your spouse's family is a part of your kids. So you're, you're not willing to have them celebrate with you. It's like you're excluding that part of your kid. So 
I've always wanted my ex-husband's family to be around. They've been for proms, graduations, birthday celebrations, um, college trunk parties. So I've always included them because for me, that was, you know, the best thing for my children. They needed to be, you know, surrounded with their families when things, you know, when things happened to them, that was good. And I always wanted to be, you know, be inclusive. Well, you know, the other thing too, though, for me though, as a, as, as a child and adolescent psychiatrist, the other thing I tell, tell people though, is when you make the kids choose like that, it's probably problematic for the kids. Correct. You're putting the kids in the middle and in some ways you're um, forcing them to choose. Mm -hmm. um, it's very uncomfortable and it's very unhealthy. And, um, you know, it's true in general that uh, to be a good parent, you need to grow yourself up. You know, you need to heal your own wounds and you need to not uh, inflict those wounds on your kids. Yes. And uh, and so you need to be able to be mature and be able to put your kids needs uh, right. ahead of yours in that yes. case. And, and so that means not putting them in the middle. That means not saying negative things about the other parent uh and again you know and their family anything you need to address needs to be handled um you know yeah. with the parent directly yeah. don't send messages through your kids yeah. no. uh to the other uh, to the other parent that mm -hmm. kind of thing so um so here's what i want to do one um i want us to go to break but when we come back from break let's go ahead and talk about um you know the, the the issue of communication and commitment because I think that that's important fundamentally in the in in the marriage, but it's still it's still foundational even after the divorce. And then just what's your process to help the adults and the kids um, to to you know to get through to get through the divorce so that divorce doesn't have to suck. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Heaven abounds in you takes you on an inward journey of discovery that dramatically transforms your outward experience of life. Discover the power of belief. Utilize it in connection with science to create a vision of meaning and purpose that pulls you forward. Let go of the meager me to discover the magnificent me. Let go of your painful past and live life free from fear worry and stagnation experience an abundant universe as you powerfully create happiness relationships health and limitless opportunities when you heal your mind all things are possible I'm your host, Dr. Balin A. Durr, and, and here on Dr. Durr's Living in the Sweet Spot, we are talking with my guest, Sharice N. Carter, about divorce doesn't have to suck. So um, before the break, we were talking about, um, again, being mature adults, not putting the kids in the middle, uh, the ports of communication and commitment during the marriage and one of the reasons why it breaks down, but also that that needs to 
uh, how important that is in the process of divorce. But anyway, so what, what, so we're going to talk about that, but also what is your process for helping, you know, the, 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 the family get through divorce. So divorce doesn't have to suck. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I always have a consultation uh, before we start the actual sessions. And during that consultation, I really talk to the client and say, hey, what are your goals? What do you see yourself doing doing after the divorce? Uh, what you know, do you see yourself in, a, in another career? Where are we going with this? So I sit down and have a conversation with them so I, so I can understand what their what their goals are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, People just really want to be able to accept their new norm. Like, I'm no longer married to someone. I need to learn how to accept my new norm. So I walk through, walk them through steps of doing that. But first, I always tell them you have to accept accountability because the divorce isn't mainly just because of your your, your ex, right? Not the A word. Not the A word. <laughs> accountability. And it could be, you know, it could be as little as how you reacted when your your ex was flaring up at you because you could have reacted in a different way, but you didn't. You acted neg negatively when they said something or did something to you. So mm -hmm. you just really need to accept accountability. And that's how you that's how you will be able to move forward, um, you know, accepting your new norm and a so lot of and I'm sorry, I just want to interject this one little one little point, which is simply okay. this. To me, the reason accountability is so important because um, if 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 I can accept that I chose the person, mm -hmm. then I can then take ownership of the fact not that I be not that I behaved the way they behaved, but in choosing to be in relationship with them, I exposed myself to their behavior. Right. That in choosing to mate with them and have children with them, then I was responsible in part for then having my children be exposed to that and having that experience, um, whether the parent is a good parent or not a good parent, right. whether that parent has substance abuse issues or or not, just whatever that parent is bringing to the table. I picked them and chose to be in relationship with them. And, and, and if I can do that, then I'll stop blaming the other person. And again, as you are saying, take ownership for my choices and how I contributed to creating this experience. And, and I'm glad that you said that because when I was going through my divorce, I was so upset with myself because I, I was saying, how did I allow, how did I allow this? Why did, why did I choose this person to get married to? So I was so upset with myself because I felt like it was my fault. I chose this person to get married to. Mm -hmm. So I chose to be treated like this. That's how I initially looked at it. But then I had to sit back and think and say, you know, you can't accept responsibility for their actions, but you can accept responsibility for your actions. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about things like that, because a lot of times you could know someone for two years and you really don't know them until you get married to them or you live with them, right? Because people put on this facade of being someone else and they really not. So you can be tricked, you can be duped. So so, so Sharice, you know, what I, you know what I say about that? I said, you know, in my experience, mm -hmm. who people are usually can show up in the first few months. 
Mm -hmm. usually no longer than six. And the person has to be really, really good mm -hmm. for them bones to start to not be rattling and just fall out the closet eventually. <laughs> right. But you know what we do? We see signs, we see signs, and we ignore them. Correct. Or make, excuses, or make excuses for them. Or make excuses. Correct. So, and that's a lot of times. A lot of times we do see little you know, little things that's, that's happening and we'll say, oh, that's nothing. But that little nothing, one day is going to turn into a big something. So when you see signs, when you see things like that, you need to be aware and say, wait a minute. You know, if I'm with this person 10 years from now, would this be okay for me? Mm -hmm. You know, so we need to really start thinking about that. And so even now- a Great point. I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to say you make a great point because what you're saying is, um, can I accept this person as they are? And if they never change, that's correct. Is, is this going to be a, still a, a good, a good fit for me? And I think the other thing that, that you're saying too, that is so important is, uh, not to beat up on yourself. If you make right. a choice where it doesn't work and it does have some really negative consequences, um, because it doesn't help. And so the point of forgiveness is to not only forgive them because they're using the tools and the only way they know how to use them, the tools that they have and the only way they know how to use them, but so are you. And so it's important not to beat up on your, yourself, but also it's not important to beat up on them. And that's where the forgiveness comes. And that's where the forgiveness comes in. Oh, definitely. I'm sorry. Yeah. So when you, when you're going through your divorce and the healing process will not take place until after you've forgiven yourself and your spouse, your ex-spouse. So you really need to hone in on that. And that's the only way I was able to heal is like really forgive my, my ex. And I will say this. I know there was a time when I would say like, Lord, when are you going to deal with him? When are you going to take him? I'm just. <laughs> when are you going to fix him? Where yeah. are you going to him? <laughs> so, right. And so my, and it's so funny because my mom and my grandmother at the time was like, you know what, Sharice, you know, the Lord, he don't take that long. He, he gonna, he gonna fix them. He gonna fix them. It's coming. <laughs> he gonna deal with them. And so I was like, okay, God, you gonna deal with them. But then I said, you know what? I can't worry about him being fixed. I need to be fixed. Because if I want to move forward, I want to have a good life. I want to be a good parent to my kids. I can't hold in all this hurt. I can't hold in all this anger. I can't do it. So I gradually started forgiving my ex. I didn't talk to him about it. And he would still do things. It would, you know, we would still have like, you know, arguments, whatever. But I was still going through the healing process. And I started to notice that I wouldn't react as I did before. Like yeah. if, if he did something I didn't like, I would just I would just block him. At one time I had blocked him for at least a year because I was like, okay, I don't like what you're saying to me. I don't like the way you're talking to me. And that okay. was the only way for me to really um, you know, tune out the noise and really concentrate on myself and forgiving him for what happened. And then once I did that, I was able to move forward and I was I was able to go to church and go to the altar and not just pray for me and my kids, but pray for my ex-husband too. 
So, and, and, and I, I know that you were in the process of talking about this and, and, um, and, and so I, I, you know, wanted to expound on something you were saying, which, um, but I wanted to, of course, to get us back to, you know, your, your process, you do the evaluation mm -hmm. and then, then what happens, what, what, ha what happens next? So we, I do the, the evaluation and then I come up with a plan. And according to that plan, we would set up our meetings, our sessions, and we'll work towards your goal. So for instance, if your goal is to, you know, have a new career after your divorce, we'll, we'll work on that. We would establish a plan on that. I'll say, Hey, what do you really want to do? What do you, you know, what makes you happy? Because life is really short. So you want to really do something that you enjoy doing. Um, or if you want to have, you know, financial stability, what do you need to do that? Let's work towards that. If you want to be able to, you know, date again and, and trust again, we'll work on a plan for that. But you have to really come to terms with how your marriage ended and taking accountability and moving forward. And we'll, we'll discuss all that within those sessions so you can walk away from your divorce not being bitter, not being upset, not being angered, you know, really having the willingness to move forward and hopefully move forward into a new relationship. Okay. So, um, so that sounds like the adults, but how do we secure the kids? So I don't, I don't, um, I don't have kids as clients. Okay. I just only deal with, with adults. Okay. Um, because kids, they're more so they need a, a therapist to to help them through their their issues. And so I'm a divorce coach. And I just really coach people through their obstacles. Now I will help the parents create a um, a visitation plan uh, for to work with with their with their spouses. But I don't I don't coach children. Okay, and I and and I get that that you don't coach children, but Cherise, because because I, I I know what I've had to deal with, and and there's some folks that I had to pull them up because of the fact that their behavior is is harmful and negative towards their kids. Mm -hmm. So I so I think really what I'm asking is in working with the adults, right? Um, you know, and 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 I you know, and of course I uh, do my best to be you know as 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 um kind of about it as I can, but it's still just some of the things, you know, sometimes you go like, Oh my God, you doing what? <laughs> you know. So yeah. how do you work with what, in terms of what kind of things do you tell the parents um, and in terms of to make sure that the kids um, that, you know, the, the behavior is, is healthy. They're exhibiting healthy behavior Right. Towards the other parent and the kids in in the in, in this process, I already mentioned a couple of them, which is of course right. one: not putting the kids in the middle, not sending right. messages through the kids, right. not talking not talking negatively about the other parent to the kids. What are some other things that you that you well, do? Well, I, I always tell the I always tell parents, as you said, never talk neg negatively about the other parent, um, and do not argue in front of the children. Don't say negative things um, in regards to their uh, in regards to their their parent indirectly, and really just think about how you would want your ex to speak about you 
in front of your kids. You wouldn't like it if your ex said derogatory things to your children. And also, if you are or not to, able, or, or to the or to the to the new partner or spouse, right? Exactly. Um, or if you cannot have a conversation that would not end in a negative way, then there are tools out there. There are apps out there where you could communicate with that parent, so you don't even have to worry about having you know knock down, drown, drag out arguments. You can actually have conversations through an app or through email um, because you need to really focus on what's best for the children. Because a lot of times kids, when you do those things, when you speak negative about the other parent, your kids take it as like, are, you know, I'm a part of my dad or I'm a part mm -hmm. of my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel like that about me? Um, and, and another thing I always advise clients too, because a lot of times you may be just going through your divorce and people want to bring new partners into the mix. Like you should hold off on that. Make sure that this is someone that you want to um, be with, because if you constantly bring different partners in your children's lives, that's not good. Um, they need to have some stability and everybody isn't meant to meet your kid. So I try to give the best advice I can in regards to in regards to kids, because I know how um, you know that affects them. Because I okay. saw how it affected my kids. Yeah. Do you do you have them um, do like co-parenting agreements? Do you have the parents do co-parenting agreements? Yes. Yes, I help them with that because a lot of times um, people feel like, well, you know. I want my kid only on Christmas or I want them every holiday. And like, you can't do that. You have to often, unless you can talk to your, your ex spouse about those things, but you really should have it documented and written. So if anything occurs, you'll have, you'll have paperwork for that. So I think the other thing too, um, you know, again, as, um, you know, someone who's a child and adolescent psychiatrist, the other thing too, that's important is, is again, is not to use the kids as a weapon against the other parent. Right. And that also includes visitation. Mm -hmm. So, um, one parent should not interfere with the visitation of the other kids. That's and I know right. sometimes people even get, they, they, they're like, well, so-and-so is not paying child support. So then, you know, why are they entitled to see the kids? Right. And that's not something visitation with your child should not be based upon if the parent is paying or not paying child support. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I see that a lot of, um, a lot of men, they go through where, the mom is withholding the kid from them or, right. Or, um, you know, they're upset because of whatever reason and they want to withhold the kids from, from the dad. And that's not good. If you, if the father wants to hold a relationship with that kid and is positive and is not doing anything negative in that kid's life, the father should not be barred from seeing that kid. That is very detrimental to kids, especially when kids are close to their parents and you just stop the relationship. You, you shouldn't do that. That's not good. So I advise my clients to do the best that they can 
to ensure that their kids sustain sustain a relationship with with their with their parents because um you don't want to do that because as kids get older they're going to find out the truth and when they find out that you withheld them from their parent that could be detrimental to your relationship with your kid so always kind of think about that in the back of your mind i don't care how bad you and your ex don't get along never withhold the kid from their parent unless unless it's in a way that the kid will be hurt correct right, right. there's so. unless there's some abuse or neglect involved correct 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 yeah yeah and um so um in this this last minute because i want to be able to get into your into your your book Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, take 30 minutes, 30 seconds, a minute and say, what are, what are some things that again, parents can do from that? That's because now we got to shift commitment and communication from what didn't happen in the marriage to now communication and commitment in order to, um, you make, you know, make, make this, this, this divorce as, you know, as, as painless as possible for, for everybody. Mm -hmm. So what are some so, things, what are the things you recommend that people do? Is that people can't understand that, you know, you need to still be able to communicate, but you really need to sit down and think about your wants, your needs, and combine those things and have a mutual agreement on how to move forward with your, with your lives. And so given that folks were having difficulty doing that within the marriage, more than likely they need some help doing it with the, of with the, the, the dissolution of the marriage. Um, so obviously the thing that they can get, you know, some, some help with that would be from the divorce coach. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. From, from Sharice and Carter, the divorce coach, yes. um, for, for a therapist, whether the therapist is doing family therapy or is doing individual therapy with the parents or therapy with the kids, um, you know, but, 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 but get some, get some help you know, from someone, yes. um, that's skilled, you know, not, 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 not just, uh, just, not just nay, nay in them. When I see that my clients, they need therapy, they need to see a licensed therapist. I do refer my clients out to people. That's a, yeah, that's a therapist therapist because I'm, I'm not a licensed therapy licensed therapist, I can only coach you through things. And so mm -hmm. especially for children, if I know that your kids may need assistance and they, they may need a therapist, I do refer um, my clients to therapists to assist because it's only so much that I can do. Um, but if you need help in that department with a therapist, I do have therapists that I can recommend. Okay. And so in this last minute or so, let's, let's talk about your, let's talk about your book that's due to be released March 10th. Yes. I'm so excited. It's called Love Notes, Affirmations, Essays, Inspirational Notes, Poems and Quotes that was inspired for healing. It is um, a phenomenal book. It took me three years to write it. Um, mm -hmm. I have over 100 writings in the book. I have illustrations in the book too for some of the writings because I want people to really understand where I was going with, with the writing. I want them to be in the same, like I just want them to be in the same room um, in my head as I was really writing this book. So I have illustrations that's in the book as well. 
Um, and I think so that- So what, so what prompted it? What, what prompted you to write this? Um, I've always written for therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I just started waking up in the middle in the middle of the night, but God was waking me up in the middle of the night, one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and I would just start writing. And when I found What are you doing? Your own your own form of what are you doing? Yes. So um when I finally decided that I was ready to put the book put the book together, mm-hmm. I had over one hundred entries in my phone of writings. And oh, wow. it's been amazing. I've, I've written some things during COVID. I've written some things um, in regards to relationships. I wrote this one um, uh, essay. It's, it's called Damaged Goods. It was in reference to uh, a relationship that I was in. I have another poem. It's called Baby Glow. I wrote that about my being pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another poem that I wrote. It's called My Black Prince Shall Rise. And I wrote it thinking about my son. So I had some really inspirational things in the book and I know people will enjoy it. So well, well thank you so so much for that for being willing to, you know, to 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 open up um you know your heart mm-hmm. you know and 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 your mind and and to welcome um people in yes. and also for you know the work that you do so, you know, I just encourage people to, you know, to take advantage of the, the, the divorce coaches, you know, skills and abilities and a therapist to help you um, gain tools and skills that you don't have in order for it to be, you know, as healthy a transition as possible. People, you, if you leak, if your roof leaks, you call in a roofer. If, you, if your right. plumbing is backed up, you call in a plumber. So don't let you not knowing how to do something or your belief that uh, I'm weak or stupid or I can do this on my own. If you don't know what right. you, if you really don't have the school, the, the skills and the tools to do so, don't, don't let that stand in the way of, again, you securing your babies, your kids right. and, and your relationship with the other parent, because again, as I say, you still family, you still got to raise those kids together. And how do you do that in a way that is as healthy and as safe as possible? Mm-hmm. And sustainable for your children too. Yes. So. Yes, Abs- absolutely. So um, how do how do folks reach out to you? How do they connect with you? So they can connect with me on Instagram, threads, and Facebook at Divorce Coach CC. You can also connect with me on my website, which is www coachingthemasses.com. And you can also give me a call if you need my services at 708-543-1213. And that's how you can reach me. Well, again, thank thank you so much for, um, you know, appearing and having the conversation with me. Um, I'm, I'm sure that this, this will, that this will help some folks and, um, um, you know, and, and, and hopefully you can come back again and and we can and we can we can we can we can get into get into this some more get into the weeds, okay. Because <laughs> I know you got a whole lot more that yes. that that uh, that you that you could offer folks that this that's going to make a difference. Absolutely, thank you for having me too. I appreciate it. Oh, it's 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 my it's my pleasure, Goddess. It is my pleasure. So we we all know that uh, going through a divorce uh, for those who've been through a divorce tends to be a very difficult time. Uh, I hope you learned some things that have uh, helped you 
um, helped your family, helped your children um, get through divorce as, as safely and as healthy as possible. And I hope you will learn and discover that divorce doesn't have to suck um, and that it is possible for it to, to, to be a more harmonious experience instead of one that is conflict filled, conflict filled. I'm your host, Dr. Balin A. Durr, awaking and empowering you to live out your infinite potential, to live life in the sweet spot. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today in the sweet spot. Share, follow, and like us on social media. To learn more, please visit balinadurmd.com, spelled B-A-L-I-N-A-D-U-R-R-M-D.com. Join us next week, and remember, when you heal your mind, all things are possible.